1: The trial of this Alex Murdaugh is underway in the Lowcountry. It is a wild, awful, gothic horror novel. I have never seen anything like this. This man, who was this um, pillar of society, the Murdaugh family, generations of lawyers and prosecutors, and he allegedly went completely off the rails was embezzling money, developed a drug problem, and is charged now with murdering his wife and son. And there are so many layers to this case, and I just think, and I'm fascinate, fascinated by these true crime stories. I would love to be in the in, in, in the courtroom as this trial unfolds. Taggart Halk is a reporter with WYFF News Four in the Greenville-Spartanburg-Anderson area of South Carolina. He's been covering this story extensively, and I wanted to bring him on. I know he was on with. Uh, he's been reporting on my on this case with my uh, friend Joey Hudson in the Upstate. Taggart, thanks very much for joining us here on the Mike Gallagher Show. This thing is like a John Grisham novel, and of course, tragically, you're talking about the horrific loss of life of, uh, of, a, of, a, of, of two family members of the Murtaugh family. I know you've covered a lot of stuff in your tenure as you, you worked in Myrtle Beach and now in the upstate. My gosh, even to a reporter like you, this has got to be eye-opening to see the details of this case. I, I mean, I've just got so many questions for you. If I could start with one of them, I see the, the surviving son, Buster, is sitting behind his dad every day in this courtroom. Does the son support his father, who has been accused of such a heinous crime of slaughtering Buster's brother and mom?
2: Hey, Mike. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's, it's great to talk to you this morning. Thanks. That is a that I think a lot of us are asking ourselves in the media. We've seen Buster walk into the courtroom every single day since. The jury has actually been selected. So essentially every single day of this trial, we have seen him walk into the courtroom, sit behind his father, and he is always with his, his uncle, John Marvin Murdoch, uh, as well as Alex sister. Um, and then Buster's girlfriend. But I think the big question, you know, a lot of people wonder if he's supporting him. Uh, we are not able to to speak with Buster. We have been asking him questions as he's walked into the courthouse, but um, have not gotten any answers. He is, though, on the defense's list to testify, indicating that he uh, is certainly someone who is cooperating with the defense on this side of this. So I guess if, if you're wanting to draw the lines, you could say uh, potentially that, that he is. But publicly, we have not seen any comment from Buster at this point it has been very fascinating to see him in the courtroom, uh, and, and kind of the way he's even sitting in the courtroom with some of his expressions, he for the most part has not really shown uh, much emotion during this trial. Uh,
1: well, the father has, I mean, this is, uh, he has, he has been, uh, weeping openly through, uh, much of this trial. I mean, it, it's, it, First of all, it's almost inconceivable. You can't even begin to imagine what scenario a man would you would find somebody in to to slaughter his wife and his son. Apparently, today, some pretty damning testimony. Uh, as I understand it, the murdered son was had made a video on his cell phone, I guess it was a FaceTime, with a friend about a dog that was in the kennel, and allegedly you can hear Alex Murtaugh arguing with the wife in the background, or at least you hear his voice, Alex Murtaugh has denied he was even in that location prior to finding the, to discovering the bodies. That would be enormous if that's true. If they have audio of Alex Murtaugh uh,
2: at that point in time, that would be incredibly incriminating for him, wouldn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah, sure, it would be, Mike. And I think that's the big question today. We really, I think things really got interesting toward the end of the day yesterday when we started to hear about these phone records, and in particular, uh, different call logs and, and perhaps um, movement on Maggie's phone after she was killed. As you mentioned today, we're hearing testimony from Britt Dove. He's a specialist with SLED uh, when it comes to kind of recovering data from cell phones. Uh, and he's actually taking the stand right now talking about part of what you mentioned there, but also what he mentioned this morning, which has caught the attention of a lot of us, is that there appear to be calls, according to Dove, that were erased from Alec Murdoch's phone, indicating, according to prosecutors, that Murdoch or somebody he's working with would have deleted that call log the night of the murder. So there's a couple of interesting things. And one other interesting point that we learned yesterday, again, this is according to prosecutors, based on testimony from uh, the SLED agent, which is the state's um, investigative agency, that agent said that Maggie's phone was actually moved and uh, indicated that it had been picked up after she was killed. And two seconds, I'm not exaggerating, two seconds, according to this uh, witness, it received a call from Alec Murdoch. And so the implication there, according to prosecutors, is that Alec was the one who picked up the phone after Maggie, his wife, was dead, and then called it using his phone. So we're learning a lot. there. I I will say, though, I, I will say there have been, in laying the foundation for all this stuff, it's been very dry. Um, there have been several witnesses that have just kind of, like I said, laid the foundation for uh, the findings from the cell phone data. And you do wonder if the jury at certain points during this trial does get bored. Because all it takes at the end of the day is for one juror to believe that Alec Murdoch is not guilty for him to be found not guilty of this. but Well, Taggart, we finally- yeah, but, let
1: me, but let me ask you, does he have support from the community or has the community essentially turned on him? Because I, I was intrigued, the few times I've mentioned it on the show, it seems like there are people calling from South Carolina who have a degree of support for the guy as if he
2: didn't do it. Yeah, I think, I mean, Colliding County is a very small county. Uh, Hampton County as well, where, you know, the two counties where the Murdochs uh, really have a name for themselves. There are a lot of people within the law enforcement community that are very close with the Murdoch family. Uh, we have even seen, I mean, they, they certainly have a rapport, even as they walk into the courtroom, with uh, some of the uh, deputies in Colliding County. And I think just to branch out a little bit into all this, they're, they are so well known that there were 900 potential jurors in this trial. So essentially, Collin County sent out these summons to 900 people throughout the county. And during that jury selection process, it was broken into four different groups. One of the first groups that we saw, the question was asked, do you know Alec Murdoch or do you know the Murdoch family? And in that particular group, just about every single potential juror in that room stood up. And so part of the challenge, I think, for wow. prosecutors is, right, exactly. I, and, I, and you speak to, you know, how unusual this case is. I have never, we, we've covered, you know, a number of different trials. I've never seen anything like that. Mm-mm, and no, no. Uh, it, it really is fascinating. Uh, I, I think some people wondered early on why wasn't there going to be a change in venue in this? And maybe yeah. the counter that there's a thought in this by the prosecution that there are enough people who have been wronged by this family, that it might play into their advantage as well.
1: Uh, Taggart Halk is our guest. He's a reporter with WYFF News 4 in uh, South Carolina. I, I want to play this clip of um, a recording that was made. This was a big, big part of the story yesterday, the trial, where um, Alec Murdoch said what a SLED investigator felt was a, a confession. Listen to the tape, and let's let's play a portion of this here.
0: My question is, why didn't you ask for clarification? Like, what are you talking about?
1: You did him so bad. Asking for clarification of I did him so bad uh, would ultimately be a challenge of what he said. Okay, that's not the right clip. I'm sorry. That's the the clip is not him saying. The, the, there's a there's audio of him saying I. They thought he said I did him so bad, uh, but but when they slowed it down. I, I Taggart, I don't know about you, but it sounded like you said they did him so bad, which is a huge difference.
2: Yeah, Mike, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was, uh, in my opinion, that was one of the biggest things that came out yesterday. And actually, part of it came out the day before that with that clip. But we heard from the defense yesterday. On it. Um, it, it's hard to tell. We, we've we had debates even within our newsroom about what exactly uh, what exactly that was well
1: what are but, they saying in the know, w what are the people in the WYFF newsroom saying i mean what are people hearing what, what I, if, 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 I know it's anecdotal but do people hear i did him wrong or they did him wrong
2: well i mean i you know just just speaking I, there, there's a lot of people who hear both you know yeah. and and yeah. that sort of i think even on social you know if you look online social media a lot of people have been weighing in on this too um it it is very difficult for me to say What exactly that was. But as you mentioned, the SLED agent who was present for that interview testified that he believed Alex said, I did him so bad. The defense, though, slowed down that video at one third of its speed. And they claim that it says they did him so bad. But here's Mm. the question, because even and, and you might be getting this too, Mike, but even if even if it was they or I, uh, part of the point the defense made was if that was something that was interesting, because Murdoch clearly was a person of interest at that time. Why didn't Sled or other investigative agencies press Alec on what what he meant by that? If you are a person of interest, right. and the response is what you played there was that the uh, Sled agent Jeff Croft, es- essentially said that he made a mental note of that,
1: a and then he would come note. back. I mean, you wouldn't say, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" You just confessed. I mean, and he didn't even write it down. He made a mental note. Uh, Taggart, this is going to have all kinds of twists and turns. What's the timeline? Any expectation as to when this might be presented before the jury?
2: Well, heading into this, we were under the, uh, we were under, we, we we believe that essentially this will be a three week long trial, meaning that we would have a verdict next Friday. I'm not so sure. We are on uh witness, I believe it's 13. We, we we're not we're not very far. There are initially we learned that there would be potentially 250 people to testify in this. And if we are only on within the first 15 witnesses, it really does make you wonder. Now granted, that being said, a lot of the witnesses that we have heard so far have been lengthy testimony. They've been uh, the law enforcement responders. They're agents with SLED. They're laying the foundation for the prosecution. But we have yet right. to hear from defense, which, by the way, include family members of the Murdoch family, including Buster, Alex son, right. uh, as well as his brothers Randy and John Marvin. And so that's going to be a fascinating testimony. But if, frankly, it's anyone's best guess as to when exactly this is going to wrap up. But heading into it, we believe that this would be about a three-week trial. I will say Judge Clifton Newman, the judge presiding over this, has been very good about trying to keep things uh, as orderly as possible and as prompt as possible. And I think it's his, it's his intention that we stick to this timeline as much as we can.
1: Well, it's a it's a wild case. And uh, Taggart Halk, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, uh, to give us an update. I hope you can check back with us again. Appreciate it very much. Thanks, Taggart.
2: Mike, I'd love to. Thank you. I appreciate you.